Thank you for joining us today. Whether you are part of the Lighthouse family, be it on-site with us weekly or tuning in online, we'd love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Ely. It's on all our social media platforms. I hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Shout of praise in the house. Come on, church. Come on. Hallelujah. We're forgiven and we're redeemed and we're set free. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to invite Tough Talk to come along this morning. They're going to encourage us some more. I think Joe's going to give us a song. You said you were going to give us a song, didn't you, Joe? If you want me to empty the place, I'll sing. But I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to sing this morning. Well, good morning. How are we all? It is so good to see you all. I hope you're feeling strong this morning because we're going to have a little competition in a second. Oh, did you hear? Oh, I don't know about that. Everyone started to sink down into their seats then. We've got prizes to give away. That's what normally sends people up. There you go. A little bit more enthusiasm. Anyway, my name's Joe Lampshire. Uh, I'm part of an organisation called Tough Talk. There's Ian McDowell, the founders, with us as well. And we're just going to share, or Ian's going to share his story. We're going to do it a little bit different because I know most of you have heard my story, so you haven't got to hear my dulcet tones again. But you're going to hear Ian's story. We're going to, what we're going to do is Ian's going to, um, we're going to do a, a demonstration. We're going to get you guys up to do the demonstration. We're going to give some prizes away. And then what Ian's going to do is he's going to share about Tough Talk, about his life. And then he's just going to wrap it up with a little short sermon. So it's a little bit different to what we normally do. But let me just tell you briefly about Tough Talk. For those that are online that don't know much about Tough Talk, Tough Talk is a Christian organisation. We are, we are charity workers. A lot of people say charity cases, but we are actually charity workers. And Tough Talk has been going for about 25 years now. It started off as a very small, rough group. And then <laughs> Ian just mumbled, it's still rough. It's still the same. And we did grow over the years. And what we do is we travel into prisons. We work in a lot of prison systems uh, across uh, this country, but also globally. I mean, we've been into Russia, Moldova, Romania, South Africa. Worked with the numbers gangs down in there, which was pretty cool. Um, And we just give them hope. Because, you know, life is tough, which is why we're called Tough Talk. Not because we think we're tough or we consider ourselves tough, but because life is tough. And in fact, Tough Talk was a name that was given to us many years ago at one of the first events. And, it was po- and there was a poster that said, come and listen to a tough talk. And us not being the brightest bunch sort of said, that, that name sort of sticks. We quite like tough talk. So that's it. We took it on. So we took the name Tough Talk on. We became a registered charity in 2000, got charitable status. Uh, we also had some, we, we had some books written about our stories. And, uh, and we've gone from there. And it's been such a blessing. Because you know what I find amazing is there's a bit of scripture that says God uses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And we don't consider ourselves the strongest, the brightest, the cleverest, but we make ourselves available for him. And God equips the unequipped. And when you make yourself available to God, he will use you. And I think that's what excites us. And as foolish as we are, and we don't take this seriously, we do enjoy the the weights. We've all come from um, weight lifting backgrounds or bodybuilding backgrounds. Uh, Arthur, who some of you saw yesterday uh, outside the cathedral, he's a world champion powerlifter. I mean, he's 72. He's still on the road with us. 
at 72. And by God's grace, he's going to continue to come on the road with us. And it's just so good to have him with us, and he's good fun. You know, but he's a world champion powerlifting. Incredible story. You heard how he went from drugs and crime to Christ. True story. He was caught up in all sorts of vices, and he, he had a drug addiction that nearly destroyed him, his marriage. But it's amazing how through turning to Christ, uh, giving his heart, surrendering to Jesus, his life changed. It's a miracle. That story of his life is an absolute miracle. You're going to hear Ian's story in a minute. My story is... A lot of you know, got caught up in witchcraft, the occult, spiritualism, all that sort of thing. Led, led a very hedonistic lifestyle in the city of London. But again, after a very crazy experience with the occult, witchcraft, I remember crying out to Jesus. And he met me. He met me at my lowest and weakest place. And he just lifted me up. He lifted me out of that, all that darkness I, I turned away from. And my life started to change. A lot of mental health issues. I cannot share how many mental health issues I had as a young man. Serious mental health issues. My God took care of that, dealt with that, and set me free from a lot of those addictions and troubles I had as a young man. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He really is. He really is. So what we're going to do, I think, as we're still warmed up from the singing, Ron Charlotte, amazing voice. And they amaze in this band, eh? Hey, what a band we've got. You know, and I think we also, quick shout out, to all those in the technical team up there, Meg and all the guys and girls up there, do a fantastic... I mean, Meg puts me in my place every time I go and do the, you know, the uh, online service. Oh, my day, she scares the life out of me. She really does. But anyway, I think let's have a competition. So what we're going to do, we're going to have... I think we'll have a youth event, and then we'll have a... I was going to say a senior event, but that sounds too rude, doesn't it? An adult event. There we go. I told you we're not that bright. So we're going to, let's get the youth up. So who wants to come up for a little bench press competition? Who we got? Who we got? Oh, here they come. Coming in. Let's have about five of you, I think. One, two, three. Oh, and I can count. Look at that. Five. Can we have a little bit of music in the background? Just a little bit. Let's get this atmosphere going. Here we are. Oh, six. Come up. Right, whilst I know most of your names, why don't you just introduce yourselves to the people out there? Who are you? What's your name? Where'd you come from? I'm Henry and I come from Soham. <laughs> Henry from Soham? Who knows Henry from Soham? Of course we do. And what's your name? Where'd you come from? Me. Bethany. Ely. Ely. Bethany from Ely. There we go. What's your name? Samuel. Samuel from? Ely. Samuel from Ely. Ty, Ty. from Kingsland. Ty from Kingsland. Uh, Ryan from Ely. Ryan from? Ely. Ely, another Ely boy. A Bube from Ely. Someone a Bube from Ely. We have a competition on our hands this morning. Ian McDowell, are we ready? Am I going to demonstrate? Let me hand the mic to you. Excellent. Is that what you're going to be doing, guys? This is the bench press. This is Joe um, just demonstrating. So, you're going to lay down on the bench. Mind your head. Don't hit your head on the bar. You're going to take a grip. We will lift it out to you. Once you've got it out, you're going to take it down to your body, press it up, straighten your arms, press it up. The one who does the most is going to be the strongest junior in Ely. Give Joe a clap. There you go. Come on. Right, Henry, let's go. Are you ready? Let's pump that music up. Let's give him a clap. Henry, are you ready? Let's see this go. Come on. All the way down. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on, Henry. One. We give him one. We're giving one. Henry, come and stand over this side. No second chance, Henry. You got your one. Are you ready?
Come on, you can give it a go. Are you ready? We'll help you. That's fine. Just let, come down here. That's it. Lie down. L lie down. That's it. You won't fall off. Where's your faith? Come on. Hold the bar. Are you ready? Here we go. Keep praying, everyone. Here we go. One. Well done. We'll give her. We'll give her one. We've got to give her one. We're Christians after all. We've got to give her one. She's gone. Are you ready, Samuel? Come on. Are you ready? You feeling strong? Have you got some muscles there? You got some muscles there? You're not gonna. You sure? I bet you have. Come on, then. You got one to beat. One to beat. Here we go. Let's give him a clap. Come on. Let's encourage. All the way down. Whoa, 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 whoa. Another one. There's a lot of ones this morning. He looks serious. Hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Stand up a second. What? Just turn around. What, is, what does this say? Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Chip off the old block, I'm thinking, Solomon. Have you you've been taking your protein and everything this morning? Have you creatine and training hard and train three times a week? I've got a feeling this we should we should have left him till last. But come on, here we go. Are you ready? Nice and strong. Here we go. All the way. One, all the way down. Two, touch your chest. Three. Four, come on, five, six, come on, seven, come on, eight, nine, come on, ten, oh, <laughs> okay, you my friend have your work cut out, are you ready for this, we need some extra prayer, some extra support, let's pump that music up, ten to beat, Let's go, come on, here we go. One, two, oh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, he's only gonna done it. He's only gonna done it. Come on. Fifteen, that will do. Oh my days, oh my days. Oh, and how old are you? Fifth, how old are you? 14, okay. I'm working out a formula in my mind. Now I've still got to give it to you, I'm sorry. He's still brilliant. Are you ready? How many are we thinking? Come on. <laughs> right, here we go, come on. Let's go, one, good. Two. Three, that will do. Well done, well done, well done. It's brilliant. Just, just for the records, we, we do have a public liability policy. We've never had to use it yet. And if we did have a claim, what we'll do, just change the name of the charity? Just change the name of the charity. Okay, well done, let's, so the winner will give you a book at the end. Go and take a seat, Ian doesn't even know I'm giving his books away. <laughs> go and take a seat, well done. Oh there, I'll tell you what, go and grab a book. Go and grab a book on the side. That's it. Where the, where the hoodies are. Leave the hoodies, they're too expensive. Actually, what, how much are we selling the hoodies for? Just in case people wanted to know. 20 quid. If anyone wants a hoodie, 20 quid. And 10 pound for a book. Right. The adults. Let's see those hands go up, folks. Come on. Let's exercise some faith this morning. Some straight out is one. Come on, brother. Two Nathans coming up. Awesome. Nathan, I... 
Nathan, I am hoping all the training that you've been doing in my gym is going to pay off this morning. Otherwise, you, you've what? Twig to stick. Oh, Harvey, how could I forget? The ringer. Another guy who trains in Joe's gym. Right, just say hello to everyone. What's your name and where'd you come from? Uh, Nathan, I come from Littleport. Good man, he is a fellow Littleport man. Right, what's your name, sir? Matt from Birmingham. Matt from Birmingham. Love it to have you here. Sir, what's your name? Sean from Ely. Sean from Ely. Love it, Sean. Sir? Chris from Watford. Chris from Watford. What's your name? Where'd you come from, sir? Harvey from Littleport. Harvey from Littleport. Harvey. Solomon. Oh, look, they're all coming up. We've got a competition on our hands. How long have we got, Meg? Because I know I'm the one that's going to get in trouble for this. Solomon. Shalom from Kingsley. Why are we calling you Solomon? Cliff. Cliff from Littleport. Cliff from Littleport. Right. Here we go. So what are we going to do? Should we stick on the, the 20s? See, we've gone. We've seen the size of these guys come up. We're thinking we need to put the weight up here. Otherwise, this could go on for some time. Right, Nathan, are you ready? No. Okay, sir. You're going to kick it off for us. Yeah. Don't let me down. My job's made him look good. Uh, see, humility once again. A humble heart. Okay, let's see this go. Let's give him a clap, come on. Here we go, come on. Here we go, nice and strong. One, good man, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, Nathan, two, good. He's looking good. Three, this is good. Come on, four. Five, he's gonna give him five. Brilliant. Well done, Nathan. Nathan, stand over this side, you might win. Why are you laughing? Why is your wife laughing? Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm not putting my money on you either, Nathan, but it doesn't matter. Right, here we go. Come on. Three, two, one. Let's go. Nice and strong. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Come on. Seventeen, eighteen. 19, come on, come on, come on, 20, come on, 21, come on, come on, two, let's go, ball, 23. Ian's just said, we have a competition, we have a competition. I, I'm, I'm thinking, on pound for pound, I'm still putting Nathan ahead of you. Okay. Uh, Nathan, mate, that's all I could come up with. Okay, are you ready, Sean? Let's go. Here we go. He's serious. He's gritted his teeth. He means business. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. He's got 30. That'll do. Brilliant. Benchmark, benchmark. Good. A man from Watford. You feeling strong, sir? Are you a powerlifter? You're not. I still think you're going to do well. All right, 30 to beat. Harvey, don't let me down, man. Okay, 30 to beat. Here we go. Come on. One, two, 
three, four, five, six, come on, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, come on, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, come on, come on, come on, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight. 29, 30, he's got 31, 31, 32, there you go. Oh, do you know what? This is probably one of the best competitions I've ever witnessed in Tough Talk history. What do you think, Ian? It's getting close. Harvey, at the moment, I don't charge you anything to train at mine. If you mess this up, those fees are going through the roof. Okay. We need extra support for Harvey. Come on, Harvey. <laughs> extra weight, extra weight for Harvey. 32 to beat. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Don't forget to breathe. Nine, ten. Come on, breathe. Yes! Come on! Come on! Come on! Take it on 37. Well done, sir. He trains with me. What can I say? Shalom. I'm a little bit concerned about Shalom, especially if you follow him on Instagram. He posts some ridiculous weights on there. I mean, this could go up again. No pressure. No pressure. Shalom, are you ready? Oh, look, he's got, he's got a proper bench stance and everything. Let's go, Shalom, all the way down. Wow. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Come on. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. 16, get line right. 19, all the way out. 20, 21, 22, 23, all the way down. 24, 25, 26, 27, all the way down, all the way down. 28, there you go. Up, 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 up. Mate, that was good. Shalom. Awesome, awesome. Are you ready, sir? Are you ready? Okay. Why are you laughing? Stop it. Here we go. Oh, stay close, stay close, stay close. Push. One, two, mind your chin. Three, this is good. Four, it's a slow burner. Five, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. That's it, brilliant, well done. Well done, what a team we have. Well done, sir. Well done. I mean, it was close, it was close. Nathan, I think you won a lot of people's hearts. Hello.
but you can continue to train with me. That's absolutely fine. Well done. Our winner, Harvey, with 37. 37. Sean, I think you came in second. No. Oh, you came in second, didn't you, our, our friend from Watford? Guys, I tell you what, we'll give two books away, I think. I'll give two of Ian's books away. I think we'll do that, Ian. Are you okay with that, Ian? Maybe. Uh, I was going to suggest a hoodie then as well. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Harvey, you can have a Tough Talk hoodie. There we go. And I'll give two books away. Ian, I'll pay for this, right? I'll pay for this, don't panic. And two books away. Don't grab yourself a hoodie. And the two people in second and third place, don't grab yourself a book. Well done. Give them a clap, everyone. Well done, guys. Brilliant. Ian McDowell. Wow, that was exciting. It's Sunday morning. What's going on? In fact, that's a good question. Why are we lifting weights in church? Let's, I don't know. Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. We thank you for you. Ah, oh, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let us not be just hearers of the word, but doers also. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to try and answer that question. I remember um, I was sitting in church and I just didn't know what Christians do. I thought, what do you do? And uh, I thought, I'm not a singer, I'm not a preacher, I'm never going to be a pastor. And I started telling a lot of people about Jesus. And then one day, I was asked to share my testimony in church. And the pastor at the time, it was a church in East London, he, I found out years later, he didn't have a budget, he had no money. But, so he thought he'd do an outreach by inviting me to speak. And he said, why don't you bring the weights? And so we brought the weights into the church service, lifted the weights, shared some stories, preached the gospel, and people came and, and committed their life to Jesus Christ. And I thought it was a one-off. You see, I did a, a, a meeting the other week. I was preaching at a conference, an evangelistic conference, and they said, your, your subject matter is the wisdom of, of evangelism. And uh, I remember standing for and thought, well, I never really had any wisdom. I never gave it any thought. I just remember being asked to bring the weights into the church. And I thought it was a one-off. And then I got invited to another church. And then I got invited to a prison. And as the months went by, uh, it was going on and on. And I thought, well, maybe we should give it a name. And I can remember not knowing what to, to call us. And we were a strange bunch, Joe. Uh, we used to turn up with um, like kind of crazy clothes. And uh, we were like bodybuilders in those days had mad clothes I used to have these striped kind of clown bottoms that were huge and uh, massive sweatshirts and we used to scare the life out of people uh, five or six of us turning up and one day uh, a guy called a pastor called the event Tough Talk and I thought the poster looked good he put his poster and it looked good and, and then I started getting asked um, can you uh, bring, uh, uh, have you got any publicity? So I used to send the poster to other churches. And I turned up at this church once, and it was um, an African con congregation. And bless my brothers and sisters, they love church all day long. And so this, this service started about 10 a.m. was finishing about 1 a.m. in the morning or something. It was like 12-hour service. And we turned up halfway through the service in the afternoon. And, uh, and I remember the pastor, as we walked in, said, Oh, here's Tough Talk. Give him a big clap. And I remember thinking, that's a good name, isn't it? That's, that's a good name. And so I've got to be honest, 
Joe said the founder of Tough Talk is a bit of nonsense, really, because I never really founded anything. It was definitely of the Lord, and the doors opened up, prisons opened up, schools opened up. I never invited us anywhere, never really got organized, and, uh, and we were never that professional, and, um, and it just kind of evolved, and it's never really changed that much. Why the weights? It's just the hook. The Salvation Army used to use trumpets and drums to go out and stand around the blind beggar out in East London and preach the gospel. So we use it as a hook. We don't take it that seriously. I've got to be honest with you, I don't really even enjoy the weights much anymore. I just have a bit of fun watching other people do it. It's quite good, isn't it? Particularly when they start getting crushed under the bar and they're struggling. And, uh, and I felt sorry for the last guy. Uh, bless him. Where is he? He's, he's at a, I don't know. Anyway, he just had to fight there you at the back. You should have stepped. Nathan got it right. He was first. You know what I mean? You've got to get first in the queue when you're doing this strongman stuff. Let the big fellas finish the thing. But, um, and so it just evolved, really. And um, I mean, last week I was in Scotland. And I, was, I did uh, a couple of prisons. I did a couple of schools. I spoke to over 1,200 kids in a school doing assemblies all day long, lifting the weights, sharing our stories uh, in the prisons. And it's a seed-sowing operation. The Bible tells us to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. I remember growing up in a very dysfunctional family. I was one of seven. I can remember uh, uh, in my family, and we grew up in East London, um, uh, we, we all had different dads. Uh, seven kids, all different dads. Bless my mum. She liked the drink and she liked men and she liked uh, witchcraft. And uh, loved it to bits, but that was a lifestyle. And uh, I remember one particular morning or one particular day, we decided, me and my brothers, to tie one of my brothers upside down on the banisters. And uh, he was a little fella, I think he still had his nappies on. And we hung him upside down from the banisters by his legs and he was screaming. Mum come out, uh, wondered what was going on. And she started screaming at us to get my brother down. And we tried to get him down, but um, it was easier tying him up actually. He was struggling a bit and we were trying to get him. And my older brother uh, decided this was a great opportunity to, to, to join in. And he got a, a tea towel, a wetness tea towel and spun it into like a little whip thing. Uh, you know, some of you know what I'm talking about. And he came behind us, whipping us as we were trying to untie my brother. So he was now whipping us. We were screaming and shouting and fighting. Mum was screaming at us. And at that moment, at that moment, the doorbell rang. And my sister, bless her, she had learning uh, difficulties and different other issues. And she never answered the telephone, never answered the door. And I can remember this particular day, because it was all kicking off, she decided to open the door. And she opened the door, there was a lady standing there. Now my mum used to have a sign above the door that was, uh, beware of the kids. It was like a yellow sign, it was a picture of kids, and beware of the kids. And I think this woman uh, was reading the sign, and she was going a little bit boss-eyed, I think, because my sister opened the door, and, and what she told us afterwards, her eyes were going funny. And I can only presume it was that, because my sister opened the door, looked up at this woman, and just screamed at her. My mum was a woman of excess. She didn't just have one dog, she had several dogs. Dogs were fighting and barking, kids were hanging upside down from the banisters, kids were whipping each other. Mum was screaming, the door opened up, this girl screaming at this woman. It's a true story. She just fainted on the doorstep, this woman, went bang. Mum said, quick, 
She might be a social worker. Get her in. We, we dragged her indoors. And uh, I remember we were fanning her, trying to get her awake. And f- turns out she was from the Avon. And uh, we... None of us ended up in care that day. It was lucky, you know. And, uh, but that was my dysfunctional life. And my mum was involved in, uh, in, in witchcraft, as I said. And I had no interest in God or Christianity. It was never on my agenda. I'm an evangelist. I'm not a nice person naturally. I don't like people naturally. I'm unsociable naturally. If I smile and I'm pleasant, it's because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And him only. And I'm telling you the truth. It's why, Pastor Joel, I'd never make a pastor. Pastors care for the flock. They care about people's interests and needs. They go around to their house and pray for them and have cups of coffee. Joel will bear witness. I'm not like that. I'm not a comforting, counselling sort of a bloke. And uh, I'm an evangelist. I'm not a teacher of the scriptures. I, I don't do that either. Teachers teach the word. Pastors pastor the flock. Evangelists preach the gospel. Evangelists are here. I remember going to a church once and I thought they made no effort. There's no non-Christians here. And the Lord rebuked me and said, you're here for the people. You're here for the church this morning. I said, why? He said, to wake them up. An evangelist wakes the church up. You will never invite me back again. You probably won't like me, but I'm here to tell you the time is short, the hour is short, and Jesus is coming back. Why is it relevant for us to believe in God? There is a God that created this world. We're insane and we believe in this theory of a big bang and nothing creating everything that's designed and perfect. Or we believe that there's a creator, a designer. And if there's a creator and a designer, there's a God. And this God sent his son to die upon the cross to restore us from our rejection of him. His blood was shed, he rose again, that we may have eternal life. The good news is, is even though the world looks like it's in chaos, and we don't know, we can't trust our leaders and our politicians, there are wars everywhere, there's rumours of wars, there's earthquakes, famines and pestilences, there's good news, he's coming back to restore righteousness and peace and justice. I'm sitting in a car one night, I'm covered in blood. I was out on bail. I had a prison sentence hanging over my head. I was full of darkness and evil. I had, in my head, I used to have voices in my head. I, 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 like, swearing. I didn't know what it was. I couldn't sleep at night. I used to barricade myself in my bedroom with a door on top of a door. I had a prison sentence hanging over my head. I was full of violence and madness. I used to take anabolic steroids. I'd worked as a bouncer in a, in a gang for eight years, and it deserved hell. And I remember sitting in this car this particular night thinking, God, if you're real, if there's such a thing as God, what would he make about, what would he think of me? I don't know why that particular night I was thinking on God. But I just was sitting there in such a mess. And sometimes we get ourselves in such a mess, we cry out to God, don't we? And I was crying out to this God that really, during the day, if I was to think about it and rationalise about it at that time, I would have said there was no such thing. But this particular night, I was in such a mess. I said, God, if you're real, can you help me? Can you sort me out? At that moment, I suddenly felt guilty for a fight I'd just been involved in. And I remember saying, Jesus, if you're real, would you help me? Would you forgive me for what I've become, who I am? And I remember at that moment feeling this incredible sense of peace, this incredible sense of love. I found myself feeling like I'd been 
uh, plugged into the electricity or something. Waves of power and love were flowing through me. I was delivered that night of this darkness. I went home that night and I had sleep for the first time in weeks and months. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Princes came and touched my life by the power of his eternal spirit, came into my heart and set me free. I remember sleeping that night, waking up and thinking, there is a God. I went into a church in Canning Town, East London. There was an old uh, criminal there. His name was Tony Sapiani. He recognised me. I recognised him. He pulled me aside. I told him what had happened to me. He told me he became a Christian in prison, transformed his life. I told, he said to me, Ian, I told him what happened to me. He said, Ian, God is a spirit. And the Spirit of God has touched your life. But if you carry on going down that path with them fellas, you're not going to be alive for much longer. And I knew he was telling me the truth. You see, a few months before this event, we'd thrown out these fellas outside this club. And they came back shooting at us. And one of my good pals, the, the bullet went straight into his heart and he died in front of us. And I watched that man die and I knew that death was inevitable for me if I carried on down that path. He said, you need to repent, turn and follow the, the, the cross of Jesus Christ. I spent time with that fella. He discipled me. He prayed with me. And my life was, was just transformed. I believe that if it was not for my faith in Jesus Christ, I would have been dead many years ago. I remember my mum coming to see me. I went to see her. I said, Mum, I've become a Christian. I thought mum's going to be happy for me, aren't she? I said, Mum, I've become a Christian. She looked me in the eyes. She said, I think you've been hit in the head too many times, son. I thought she'd be happy for me that no longer am I running around with knives and bats and guns, but now I'm a Christian. But it was the opposite. She phoned up my brothers and said, keep away from Ian, he's got religion. It's like a disease or something. It's in, you know, infection. Keep away from him. He's got religion. I remember like thinking, how do I handle this? I want my mom to come to faith. I started to read the Gospels of Jesus Christ. And I started to know and believe what Jesus said. And I realized there is a heaven. There's a judgment. There's a consequence. The Bible says it's been appointed once for man to die and face the judgment seat of Christ. I realized there's punishment. And his judgment is righteous and true. And I remember reading these scriptures about eternal fire and a, a worm that never dies and, and the torment that man is in. And I thought, I can't let my loved ones go there. I need to tell them that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. There's no other way but by Him. There's no other name we may be saved. His name is above every name. His name and His name only are we saved. I remember, I need to tell people this. Surely if you believe it, you've got to do something about it. If you don't believe it, do something else. There's better things you can do with your Sunday. But if you believe it, get on fire for God. The Bible says, I would puke you out, you lukewarm people. He wants you hot or cold. I told you you'll never invite me back again. I'm here to wake you up, people. The gospel is true. Jesus is coming. I remember my mum, she came to see me. She said, Ian, I've been having these crazy dreams. I'm rolling around in stinging nettles and thorns, and they're piercing into my skin. I'm in agony, she said. And there's two arms reaching out to pull me out. And I, and I know these arms are Jesus, and I'm pushing him away. She said, what do you think is going on? I was like, I thought, I thought that's quite obvious what's going on, isn't it? You know what seems clear to you isn't always clear to others. 
I said, I think Jesus is calling your mum. I think, I think you, you, you know, you're resisting him. You're rejecting him. I do not believe that God sends us to hell. I believe we're rejecting God. And we're, we're calling, letting ourselves go in that direction. I've prayed with people that are dying that very evening and still rejecting Jesus Christ. It's beyond logic to me that someone would reject him in the last breaths of their life. I said to my mum, I think Jesus Christ is calling. You can reject him or accept him. She said, I want Jesus Christ. We prayed together. She asked Jesus into her life. I remember putting my hand on her head. I said, Heavenly Father, I pray you uproot anything that does not belong to you from my mum in Jesus' name. I didn't really know what I was praying I was a baby Christian. I didn't really know what was going on. I remember she went home that night and, uh, 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 and all I know is about six o'clock the next morning and suddenly the doorbell's ringing. Now, my mum lived in Clacton. I lived in East London. So she'd driven all the way from Clacton to East London and it's like six o'clock in the morning. I looked out the window and my mum, it was a character and she didn't just travel on her own. There was an entourage of people outside. You know, when you come from a big family, there's cousins and brothers and people that know the brothers and they're all there. And I'm thinking, six o'clock, there's like hundreds of people outside my door. What's going on? And I ran downstairs, open the door. My mum comes in. I said, what's going on? She said, what spell did you put on me last night? What curse did you put on me? I said, what are you talking about? I said, you asked Jesus into your life. She said, what did you do to me? I said, why, what happened? She said, well, I went to bed last night and I felt this incredible uh, a tingling sensation. I felt like suddenly this power was resting all over me. He said, I, as I felt this power, suddenly I felt this knot in my stomach and this knot started to twist itself and go up, up, up into my chest. And I felt like this knot was, was getting bigger and stronger and it felt it going into my throat and I felt my throat exploding and I suddenly heard this man's voice coming out of my mouth screaming all the way around the house and woke everyone up. We're here to ask you what is going on. I says, mum, I'm not an expert in this stuff, but I think you've been delivered, mum. I think that something satanic has come from you. Open up the book of Mark. It's like a horror show. Devils are flying out of people all over the place. You are the son of God. Jesus is delivering people. When the kingdom of God comes, the finger of God comes, darkness has to flee. We live in a kingdom of light. Light cannot tolerate darkness. If you walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. He is the cleanser of sin. He takes us from that darkness. My mum got delivered. She got full of the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, started running Bible studies and, and going to church and loving Jesus Christ. She was on fire for God. She fell in love with the Son of God. I remember about eight years ago, bless her, she got dementia. And I went to see her and I kept popping up every week. And in the and it's a wicked disease, dementia, isn't it? And, and in the last months of her life, uh, she didn't know who she was. She didn't know who I was. She didn't know anything about the world around her anymore. She would just sit there in her room. And uh, it was a terrible, terrible thing to watch over eight years to see my mum, who was a proud, incredible woman, turn into this person. It was just there, not communicating, not able to speak. And if she did speak, it was kind of a, 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 a language she didn't even understand. And uh, she could mumble the words together. 
But this is the truth. I would say, Mum, and this was a couple of weeks before she went to be with the Lord. I'd say, Mum, we're gonna, I'm going to finish and leave you now, but I want to pray for you. And I would bow my head and pray. And every time I prayed, this is the absolute truth, she would suddenly break out in tongues. She would suddenly sing and praise God. She would pray. She knew in her spirit who God was. She was born again. Her brain cells may have been shutting down, but she would pray. And she would say, Jesus, I praise you. I'd be like, wow, she's born again. Heaven and hell are real. Eternity is real. The Bible says, fix not your eyes what is seen, but what is unseen. What is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. The eternal is real. My mum passed away just before December last year. My sister, bless her, passed away. We found out a couple of weeks after uh, she had terminal cancer and she went to be with the Lord as well. And I'm going to finish with this story. I had the privilege of preaching at both of my mother's funeral and my sister's funeral. And at my mother's funeral, it wasn't so bad because in a way, everyone was relieved to see her go because of the suffering. Whether they believed in God or they didn't believe in God, my, fifth, my family is like 50-50. The believers are kind of on fire for Jesus and the ones that aren't are probably pretty much opposed to it because they see it's kind of as a thing they're not into and they can't understand it. And, but they accepted that at my mother's funeral. But at my sister's funeral, a couple of months later, it was a bit bizarre because they came into the church and for whatever reason, they seemed to separate themselves according to their belief. And I had on my left, you won't make this up, on my left were the godless part of the family. It's true. You, you, it's true. You can't make it up, can you? I looked over there. I was about to speak. Before. Everyone there looks like they're grinding their teeth. They look bitter, angry. And they were. They kept asking me questions. Why would my sister die now? She was young. She had a chance, the first chance to live outside my mum's kind of life. She had a chance to make a life for herself. And they were bitter and they were angry. And I looked over at this side and there was joy and there was peace and there was happiness. And people seem to, I mean, there was sadness, don't get me wrong, but there was a point of fact that they're going to see her again. We leave this body, the Bible says to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. We leave this body and we are rejoicing with God. This group didn't understand, they looked bitter. And I remember speaking and I remember looking up and I looked over at the crowd on my left and, uh, uh, and my brothers and sisters and wives and, ki- and family, cousins and that. I said, I... I, I Think about my sister, her name was Laurel. I said, I think about Laurel, and I think she has and had an advantage to most of us. I said, because you may think to yourself, well, she never had a boyfriend, she never had a job, she never traveled, she never communicated properly, she never had the life we had, the opportunities he had, and you may feel sorry for her. But I want to say to you that when I came to her with Jesus Christ, she didn't argue with me about the hypostatic union, the errancy of Scripture, the science of textual criticism. She didn't talk to me about dragons and dinosaurs in the Bible. She didn't talk to me about simple things like, God, if there's a God, why is there suffering? She didn't talk to me about the kind of questions you might have. All she said to me was, if you've got Jesus, and I see mum's got Jesus, I want Jesus. Amen. That side's definitely cheering more. 
I said, I said, I said, it's like a childlike faith. You come like a child. You reason afterwards, to be honest with you. The scriptures say, come reason with me. You come as a child with childlike faith. It's by grace we're saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. We come in this childlike manner and accept Christ. We work it out intellectually as we're working out our salvation with fear and trembling. He is a holy God. He is a God that we should fear. But He has reconciled us with His Son, Jesus Christ. The blood of Christ has given us peace with our maker. My sister said, Jesus, I want you. She had a peace even at the moment she was going to die. She had a peace that she was going to be with God. It's so sad to see this side in that funeral. I remember my brother walked out of that funeral with tears. And he said to me, Ian, I cannot have it. I cannot accept it. I can't be like that child. And it hurts my heart and I pray for him I know it's by faith we're saved through grace guys let's bow our heads close our eyes scriptures tell us to go out into all the world preach the gospel those that believe and are baptized shall be saved before a holy God before a loving God I want to challenge you. Actually, the worship can come up while our heads are brown. I want you to focus on your life right now, and I'm going to pray two prayers of ministry. And I'm going to start with those that know, actually, in their heart of hearts, if they was to put their hand on their heart, there's doubt, there's unbelief. There's unbelief of the resurrection. There's unbelief of the return of Christ. There's unbelief of the cross. There's unbelief. There's, you say to yourself, I just don't know if I have the joy you're talking about, the peace you're talking about, whether the God's Spirit is in my heart. I want to pray for you. If you know and you're truthful to yourself, if you were to die today, and the Bible says we're like a vapour that's here for a moment. If you was to pass from this earth today, whether you knew Jesus Christ truly as Lord and Saviour of your life, maybe you've been to church, maybe you've gone away from God, maybe it's the first time you've ever heard a message like this. I'm here to tell you the truth of this message. I'm not here to be friends and to be nice to you. I'm here to challenge you and hang you over hell for a second. If that was you, have you made peace with Him? Have you truly surrendered your life to Him? I'm not talking about welcoming him into your life and joining you on this journey of life as if he's a passenger in the car with you. I'm talking about letting him take over, to take control of the steering wheel, to take control of your life. Have you submitted yourself to the Lordship of Christ? I want you to pray this prayer. And at the end, we're just going to start. Actually, I'm going to ask everyone to pray this after me. The Bible says, with our mouth, we confess the Lord Jesus. With our heart, we believe God raised him up from the dead. We believe this and we are saved. I'm going to ask you to pray this after me, church. If you're praying this and you want to make this real and personal, pray this out loud. But to make everyone feel comfortable, repeat this church after me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the cross. We thank you that you died for us. Forgive us of our sins, our unbelief stuff that we know is wrong 
come into our hearts. Reconcile us with the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to pray for you if you've prayed that prayer. I want to pray that the seeds will be protected and, and, and watched over. I want to pray for you while every head is bowed, every eye is closed, if that is you. And the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. If you prayed that, that prayer today, you know that you've been challenged today. I want to pray for you while every head is bowed. Quickly raise your hand for me. Quickly, I want to pray for you if that is you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Quickly raise your hand and I want to pray. God bless you. I thank you. Thank you, my love. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Heavenly Father, I pray that your presence would rest upon the hearts, seal and protect the seeds that have been sown. Bless and watch over those that responded today. Strengthen them. Bring them into the faith. Let them be bold and get baptised and follow you. Let them be found as disciples in your flock in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Touch them, bless them and protect them. I want to pray a prayer if I have stirred you today and you're admitting to yourself, you know, I feel a bit lukewarm. And I'm not quite even sure what God's got for me, but I want to do something. I don't want to be just a hearer. I want to be a doer. I want to, and what I'm doing, I want to do more with more passion and fire. Jesus didn't, this isn't a condemnation. This isn't an attack at you personally. It's to call out and wave the flag to say there's a battle. Christianity is a war zone. Billy Graham said Christianity isn't patter cake in the playground. It's a war. Christianity makes nice people, but it's not particularly nice. It's a war zone. The battle is on. Souls are perishing. People are dying. We should be not satisfied till we see this place filled and we're filling other places and we're seeing people get baptized and, and come into faith. If you know that the Spirit of God is talking to you today and you know you need to shake off the dust and the, the, and the, the stuff that's entangling you, the things that are weighing you down, you want to be more on fire. Quickly raise your hand for me so I can see you. I want to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Guys, that you're raising your hands and you want to be more, more hungry for the things of God, I pray for you in Jesus' mighty name. I pray actually, why don't we stand up? We're going to finish, I know, with a song. Stand up, guys. If that is you, I want to pray for you at the front while we sing. If that is you, and I'm not great at ministering and stuff, but I'd ask you to come down here. Joe, do you want to come over here, brother? Come over here. Come down the front if you raise your hand. Come down here. You know you want, you're, you want to wake up. Something's happening. Joe's going to lay his hands on you. Uh, 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 Joe's, is there a couple of more people we can call upon? Come down the front. Let's quickly pray. Let's seal this deal. Let's get on fire for the things of God. Let's get passionate for the things of God. Lives are dying. People's lives are short. We live in a crazy world. Let's, I'm going to pray a prayer and we'll pray as they're worshipping. Heavenly Father, I pray for each and every one that's come out. Let the fire of God penetrate their soul and their heart. Let their eyes see you. Let their eyes see you. Let your eyes open up to the things of God. Let their ears be hearing. We pray for them right now. Lord, shake off that passivity. Father, we pray that life would flow in Jesus' Name. Amen. We're going to just spend the time singing and praising what Joe and me and uh, a couple of others just pray for you. God bless you.